Hey, it's Adam Sank. And if you like my radio show, you'll love my comedy album, Adam Sank, live from the Stonewall Inn. <gasps> oh my goodness. What? Fellatio? Really? Available on Amazon, iTunes, and Google Play. Get ready for comedy. Elmo's horny! Politics. The gay spin on the story was like, Queen Elizabeth fucking loves us. Pop culture. I'm not a sports fan. I don't follow this shit. Sexual harassment of celebrity guests. And you are always welcome in my apartment in New York City. And by my apartment, I mean my bed. (laughs) And poetry. Hotter than Vesuvius. More well-endowed than the Mastodon. It's the Adam Sank Show. On Derek and Romaine 2.0. And for the next hour, you're in the ass. And now, the one, the only, Adam Say! Bottom. Can you feel a brand new day? Everyone, can you feel a Brand new day, yes! Hey. It's Adam Sang. Today is Saturday, July 14th, 2018. We are in a brand new studio on a brand new day at a brand new time. Uh, we are here today at noon Eastern time. If you're listening live on adamsank.com slash podcast, we will not be at noon ever again. That's confusing. I'll explain it later. Um, but we are here in the brand new DNR Studios studio, which is under construction as we speak. As far as I know, this is working. We are going out live, which is exciting. Um, once again, all episodes of The Ass are available on adamsank.com slash podcast about a day after they premiere. You can call us. We're taking your calls today at 844-825-5367. Uh, leave me your ratings and reviews on whatever streaming service you listen to or on the Adam Sank Show Facebook page. And you can always email me at adam at adamsank.com. Let me tell you what's going on today because it's huge. First of all, in the studio today, we have JB behind the board, our fearless associate producer, Katie, making sure that everything goes well. We have Romaine uh, somewhere doing something in the background. She may pop in to say hello. And my wonderful co-host, everyone's favorite frost pig, Ryan Frostig, is here today. Hey, Queen. Ryan. I love when we start with a little bit of faggotry. We should always have... Like the brand new day from The Wiz? Yes. I agree. Well, I like when you're here because you're the only one who sings with me. I know. You know I love a show tune. Ryan, you have a little bit of uh, food in your beard. I, I it's intentional. I feel the need to tell you that. It's a Luke. Ryan, how excited are you for today's guest? I'm so excited. Plural. We have some very big... <laughs> big guests. Big. And people, guests who like big things. Exactly. First of all, we have our first ever Tony Award winner on yes. the show, which is crazy. We have Michael Mayer, who is a Tony Award winning Broadway director. He won the Tony for directing Spring Awakening in 2006. Which is fabulous. Yes, and he is directing a brand new Broadway musical called Head Over Heels, which is based on uh, the music of the Go-Go's, one of my favorite bands from the 80s, and stars one of everyone's favorite performers, Peppermint. Peppermint! The amazing Peppermint is on Broadway making her Broadway debut. It's a very gay show, and we will be talking about it uh, a little later with Michael Mayer, the director, but we also are going to speak to a, a man, hero, <laughs> a legend, an icon. He's become legendary over the past few days. His name is Freddie Alanis. He's a 19-year-old from Chicago, and he wound up in the emergency room after sucking a 10-inch cock. Yes, Queen. Oops, that was an aborted bell. There we go. The bell doesn't sound the same in this studio. It's because this little... We'll work on it. But we'll be talking to Freddie and finding out everything that uh, happened that landed him in the emergency room and his sudden viral fame. Um, But first, we're going to talk with our very first phone caller in the new studio. And wouldn't you know it, it's Charles from Cornhole. Charles, you say what? Hey there. Welcome back home. Thank you. From... From your wonderful trip, you and Ryan, I guess, had a wonderful time in Mexico. We did. We're about and to talk about that. Oh, okay. Well, then I'll, I'll, I'll leave you be. Just want to say hi to you both and welcome home. Thank Thanks, you, Charles. honey. I'm so glad you're listening to us at our new time. Yeah, you can run, but you can't hide. <laughs> Charles is our favorite stalker. Okay, talk to you later. All right, baby. Thanks. Thanks for bye, the welcome Charles. back. So, yes, Ryan, Ryan and I were in Mexico for about five days. With, for about a minute. <laughs> with the New York City Gay Men's <laughs> Chorus, of which we are both members. And we went down there to perform two concerts with the Mexico City Gay Men's Chorus, mm-hmm. El Coro Gay, Ciudad de México. Si. And then we flew with them to Puerto Vallarta and performed with the Puerto Vallarta Gay Men's Chorus. Yep. 
So things got real gay down in Mexico. Lots of gays, lots of singing. And uh, Ryan and I roomed together in Mexico City with our friend Jeffrey mm-hmm. at a fabulous hotel. Oh, my God. That we can't say enough good things about. The, f- the food alone. I mean, the, the service was amazing, and I work in hotels, so I was definitely, like, you know, trying to clock them for their, you know, their service. But they were amazing. Top notch. But really, the food being free... Free food. Free food. Not just a free breakfast buffet, which was so delicious, like you can't even believe how good And it we're was. not talking like a like basic not waffles like and pancakes cereal. We're talking like hot food. Omelet station. Omelet station. A Ch- whole station. What was the thing you got every day that you liked? The chikatikis? Chikakilis? 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 Something like Something like that. that. Some fabulous Mexican dish. There were uh, juices, hot cereal, cold cereal, fresh juices. Yeah. But that was just breakfast. Then they had a cafe. Oh, my God. How Jewish are we? <laughs> that we went to Mexico and all we're talking <laughs> about is the, the food, food in the hotel. Yeah. They had a cafe that served food and coffee and drinks 24-7 for, for free. free. Gratis. So we, we barely, ne- we barely spent left the money. hotel except when we were in rehearsal and uh, performance. We just ate ourselves into oblivion. Yes. And that was fabulous. Um, and we did see some incredible things. We went to the Frida Kahlo house. Oh, my God. That was so nice. Frida Kahlo was this amazing artist who was married to another artist, Diego mm-hmm. Rivera. Many people know her from the uh, Miramax movie Frida starring um, Sam Hayek. Hayek from the 90s. It, it really is one of the most beautiful places I've ever seen. She was a style icon as well as an incredible artist. Luke queen. So we saw lots of great stuff at her house and we walked around the old city. And, and also, we just have to talk about that Airbnb in Puerto Vallarta. Yeah, where we got to be in Puerto Vallarta for literally 24 hours. Like, less than 24 hours. And we stayed in the nicest Airbnb you've ever seen. It was the shower. <laughs> Explain the shower. So the shower had a couple different um, faucets. What do, you, what do you call them? Uh, like um, extensions? Extensions, whatever. Oh, thank yes. you, JB. Thank you, JB. Just, just keeps arranged the microphone so Ryan can be heard. Should I just hold it? Like yeah, that's this? better. Okay, good. Hi. Um, there was one particular jet, one setting, let's setting. Call it. Yes, that landed in a particular spot on the body. Basically, it was an ash ass wash. Yes, and you could stand straight up like you like you normally would in the shower. I and saw you, a bidet. And, but it was it was like way a, better than a bidet because it, it came from the side. It came from the side, and the pressure was just right. And I just spread those cheeks and we cleaned our pussies. My so pussy many times. has never been so clean in my entire life. I couldn't get Ryan out of the shower. I was so there. Jealous. I was there for a good twenty minutes. It was the best shower ever. Yeah. And so, like, you could you could get showered from the top. You could get showered from the side into and your ass, and you there could, was a wand and there was a wand so you could get into the hard to reach places like your taint yes oh so you really you really deep cleaning oh we bitch. we did the damn thing now no one got to use these holes after no. we cleaned them so it was kind of a waste yeah but oh. um but we also should say we were on the beach overlooking the ocean oh. and everything down there is dirt cheap i really yes. can't recommend mexico highly enough as a vacation i was like people are so lovely so lovely and i i mean i've never like wanted to spend money more because we just weren't spending money like everything was so cheap yeah i i took out a hundred dollars in pesos here in the u.s before we left and i couldn't finish we couldn't get rid of it i still have pesos five days we couldn't spend a hundred dollars everything was cheap so that was amazing Uh, i wish we had been there longer and as as wonderful as it was to sing with the mexico city chorus who we adore we love them so much um we wish we could have had just a little more free time yeah so the only other thing I want to say before we get to our first guest is um, I've been talking about my butthole surgery a lot on this show over the past few weeks. Yes, you have. And it finally healed, as you know. Muzzle puzzle. <laughs> Thank you. It stopped bleeding. Uh, I went to my doctor. I got the all clear. But he did recommend these um, special butt plug exercises. Yes. And that's me exercising with the butt plugs. What am I listening to right now? What? That's I taped myself in the shower with the <laughs> Is that a horse and that's a plunge that's a plunger sound oh. effect. Right? It sounds like, like a plunger. It doesn't sound like a butt it plug. It sounded to me like a horse, like a Listen, like trotting. I do my best when I'm looking for sound mm. effects. But but yeah, so I there were three sizes and I gradually moved up and I have now completed the biggest size. 
Congratulations. Yay. I got it all the way in. There was no pain. It was comfortable. I moved it in and out, and I am now ready for dick. You can go back to being the butt slut you were meant to be. I mean, it's been a while, Ryan. I know. It's been a good six weeks since, uh, since I've, anything's been up there that isn't rubber. Yeah, it, it might not even be there anymore. <clears throat> the hole might have disappeared completely. No, it's there, and it's ready. So I'm just putting it out there into the universe. And that's a perfect segue to our first guest. I'm so excited. Wow. So Can I just we, say, we've had Bianca Del Rio on the show. We've yeah. had Wilson Cruz. I've never been more excited for a guest than this I am like, for this person. This is an exclusive interview. This so. is an exclusive. If you're gay, you probably already know the story of Freddie Alanis. Freddie made headlines this past week after posting a photo of himself in the emergency room on social media and explaining that he wound up there after rupturing his airway from sucking a 10-inch cock. Yes. Joining us now live from Chicago for his first radio interview is the man, the myth, the fellatio legend himself, Mr. Freddie Alanis. Come on, audience. Hello. Oh. <laughs> oh, we were supposed to have applause there. But Freddie, welcome. Freddie. There, there's your applause. Hi, thank you for having me. Freddie, can you hear us? Yeah, I can hear you. Awesome. You're on your way to work right now, right? You're in transit? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to do our best to, to talk to you, and if we lose you for any reason, we're going to get you right back. All right. My first question for you, honey, is how has this past week been for you? Uh, this past week has been, like, a roller coaster, honestly, because, like, I started off, I made the post, and I didn't even, like, post it to be, like, for it to go viral. I just kind of posted it for, like, my friends that knew about the situation, you know, like, because it's, it's funny, like, when you never hear about anybody that goes to the ER for that, you know? No. Mm -hmm. And so, like, I posted it as something for, like, my friends to, like, laugh at. It was, like, a little, like, throwback, like, remember when this happened type of deal. And then it just kind of, like, kept on blowing up. Like, kept on getting more retweets and more likes. And then, like, eventually I plateaued. But then when I did that interview with them, um... It really took off. Yeah, it was <laughs> a star. It was a website called them.com.something, right? It was, I'd never heard yeah. of that website before. Yeah, I never heard of them uh, either, actually, until they messaged me. They uh, DM'd me on Twitter, and I looked at the guy, and the guy was like the chief executive. I don't know, he's something for like Teen Vogue. And so I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. And he runs like the them website. So like, I did an interview for them. And, um, yeah, that interview has definitely had its positives and negatives. I can say that for sure. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to hear about both. But f first I want to uh, clarify something. This incident happened back in January, correct? Yeah, yeah. It happened on January 3rd, like literally three days after New Year's. So yeah. <laughs> why did you wait until now to post about it? Well, um... I don't know. I posted it on my Snapchat when it happened, and, like, all my friends thought it was funny, you know, just, like, some of the local people that I, I came out with. And I never really posted it to Twitter, and I was just kind of going to my Snapchat. Freddie, we're, lo we're losing uh, you just a little bit. Oh, I'm sorry. Can you hear me now? Yeah, this is good. All right, yeah. So, like, I posted it on Snapchat and for my friends and everything, and then I was going through my memories the other day, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, it would probably, like, probably be funny to, like, post it. You know, I was like, a little throwback, like, remember when this happened. So, I mean, I originally did post it, but I only posted it on my Snapchat. Right. So this time it was when it really went viral because it, you know, I don't know you Snapchat, but it, like, disappears, right, Ryan? Isn't that how yeah. it works? And only your friends can see it. Yeah, right. Yeah, only my friends could see it. So, yeah, when I posted it on Twitter, now it, it went viral. And, yeah, it's just kind of insane. So tell us exactly what happened from the moment that dick went into your mouth <laughs> to the moment you wound up in the ER. Uh, you know what? Uh, I was doing my thing, man. Like, I was putting in work. I was obviously, I was, I guess, off more than I could chew when it uh, comes to this. Um... But afterwards, like, after everything was done, I did feel, like, this soreness, like, in my chest. Like, right where your neck and your chest, like, meet right there, I felt, like, a soreness there. And I didn't think anything of it. I was just like, damn, like, I'm, I'm just fucking sore. Let, let's, you know? back, let's back <laughs> up just a moment. Um, was the dick both long and thick? 
Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was uh, he's pretty. Uh, he's packing pretty good. So was it cut or uncut? Uh, cut. Okay. Mm. So while it's in you, in your mouth, is I assume it's all the way down your throat. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and at that moment, did it feel uncomfortable, or were you just fine while it was happening? Um, you know, the first couple of seconds, you know, you kind of felt uncomfortable, but like. I adjusted to it, like, pretty quickly, so, <laughs> it wasn't, like, like, yeah, it, I guess you could say it always will feel uncomfortable, but, like, it wasn't to the point where, like, it bothered me, you know? Now, is this your, was this your first 10-inch dink, dick, or, or do you have a little bit of experience? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was something that you were trying to uh, expand upon, you wanted to broaden your horizons a bit. Yeah, yeah, you can say that. How do you know it was exactly 10 inches? Has the guy measured it? Did you measure it? Uh, yeah, well, he's measured it, and um, I mean, I'm pretty sure, but, like, actually, I saw it in person, like, it's definitely bigger than eight. If it's not 10, it's definitely, like, nine and a half. But, like, that thing is a monster. <laughs> now, did you take it anywhere else? No. <laughs> no. You didn't even want to try no, yeah, no. <laughs> I did not want to um, try just that. led to a different yet. hospital. Yeah, yeah, that could have been a separate <laughs> hospitalization. Yeah, that would have been, oh, oh my God, yeah. <laughs> that would have been a worse hospital visit. It would have been a more embarrassing one than what it already was. <laughs> now, did you finish the job? Yeah, yeah, I even put that in the article, too. Like, I did. Okay, good. So... Uh, afterwards, like how much longer afterwards do you start to feel this soreness in your, uh, I'm guessing it's your esophagus. Well, yeah, so it's like, I started feeling the soreness, like afterwards, like when I got home, and I, like I said, like, I just didn't think anything of it, because I was like, damn, like I'm just sore from this monster dick, you know, <laughs> and like the next morning I woke up and like the soreness was there, but it was more intense. And as, like, the day progressed, like, I went to work and everything, like, the next day, and, like, this sharp pain was just there all day, and it just got to the point where, like, I was hunched over, like, crying because it hurt so bad, and what it was was, like, the loose air kept on, like, leaking out into, like, the chest cavity, and it was, like, going up the sides of my neck and under my arms and, like, in my chest, so what it was was, like, all that built-up air that kept on being let out was causing the pain. Jesus. You could have yeah, died. So, no, I could have died. Yeah, pneumomediastinum is what it's called, um, is what I was diagnosed with. But the doctor literally told me that, like, yeah, like, I could have died if I didn't go in. Death by dick. <laughs> so you go to the emergency room? Yeah, yeah, I went to the emergency room. And what do you tell them? Well, my mom is with me, okay? It's like, I'm not going to tell them. Like, well, obviously, now she knows. But at first I was like, oh my God, like, cause I was kind of like, I started having a cough before all this, so I was like, oh, I was coughing and like, I had like my toes nasal drip and like at night and I was just coughing so violently and dry heaving, like maybe I ruptured something like by accident from right. like violent coughing. And I mean, they bought it, so, until <laughs> <laughs> so I told the doctor what actually happened, like after my mom left. <laughs> so, was it a male doctor? Yeah. Yeah, I was a male doctor. Did he seem shocked? Yeah, he kind of just gave me, like, his face. Like, the look on his face was just kind of, like, really, like, you're really in the hospital for this right now. Like, he was judging you. Yeah, he shouldn't judge you. Yeah, he was straight judging me, but it's okay. <laughs> like, I don't care. <laughs> right. So then what did they do for you while you were in the hospital? So literally what it was was, like, so I was admitted in the hospital for three days. Wow. And they were going to, um, they said that at one point they thought they were going to have to, like, drill, like, a hole in my chest or something to, like, release the air pressure. Um, but what it is, like, I was just on oxygen, like, an oxygen tank the whole time and an oxygen mask, and the oxygen, uh, like, helps the body reabsorb the air. So they had me on that for, like, three days, and they were, like, monitoring me and, like, checking, out, checking in on me, like, every single hour and, like, taking x-rays, like, as much as they could. And, like, yeah, it was just, it was crazy. You know, the picture you posted of yourself, you're, you're smiling, you have a very cute look <laughs> on your face. But at some point, I mean, you must have really been scared. 
Oh, yeah, no. Like, once, because when I took that picture, it was um, right after I did the x-ray, like, my first x-ray in the ER, and I was already on bed rest, like, I was in the bed, and I was waiting for my x-ray results. And I took the picture, and I knew it had to have been from him because I started feeling that pain in my chest right after. It was just a storm sometimes, but, like, I did nothing else that could have caused this, you know? And so, like, I knew it was him, and I was like, oh, I'm just going to, like, make a joke about it or whatever. And then they came back, and they told me, like, yo, this is what happened. Like, this is what you have, and, like, it's serious, and, like, we're admitting you to the hospital. And then I was kind of like, oh, crap. Like, now I'm kind of worried about it, you know? Yeah. So after three days, you were healed? They didn't have to do any kind of surgery? No. After three days, I was released. Um, I didn't need, like, the oxygen oxygen anymore, but I was out of work for, like, two months, pretty much. Oh, my God. I couldn't li- yeah, I couldn't lift anything over 10 pounds. Um, I couldn't do any strenuous activity. I couldn't work out. Like, I would literally just, like, sit at home and do nothing for literally, like, two months. This is really traumatic. Yeah, so, like, for two months, I wasn't working, so, like, January, February, like, March, like, for 2018 sucked because I was, like, broke and, like, I had all these bills to pay and, like, I wasn't working and so it was just, like, it was a huge mess. Those are the worst months anyway just because of, like, the weather and you're in Chicago? Yeah, so it's, like, snow and it's cold and it's, like, yeah, it was just awful. Poor thing. So I think the most surprising thing for me in the article was that after you did heal, you went back for more of the 10-inch dick. <laughs> yes, bitch. Yeah, um, I did. I definitely did go back for more. Um, Were you just, terrified? The, uh, I was, but see, I told him what had happened, and he knew like that he caused it. So he, he's more aware, and he's more cautious of like the situation. You know, He's not aggressive anymore. He took a like, approach. Yeah, yeah, he's more gentle, and, um, I mean, he's a great guy, literally, like, just outside of, like, sexual activity, he is really a great guy, like, he's probably, like, I can just talk to him about anything and everything, and, like, he's so easy to talk to him along with, so, I mean... Could this wind up being, like, a relationship, or do you think you're just going to be fuck buddies and friends? No, 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 it won't be a relationship, it's definitely just going to be friends, yeah. I mean, I'd like to marry him. (laughs) <laughs> no, yeah, he, no. and i'd like to try <laughs> in both holes frankly um freddie what is his reaction to your sudden viral fame i mean he must i assume you've talked to him about this since since the post went viral no i did talk to him about it um he actually snapchatted me like the article so he was like dude he's like you're blowing up about like that one time like that when i ruptured your airway and i was like yeah, I know. And, like, I told him, like, I left him anonymous. Like, I wasn't going to say his name or anything like that because he doesn't want to be known. He doesn't want, like, the publicity that's coming with this and, like, the, you know. And I feel like so, every ice queen on the internet is dying to know his identity. Yeah. I know. I've gotten so many DMs blowing <laughs> me up. And they're like, I need a picture, I need a picture. And I'm like, I'm not going to post somebody else's dick pic online. Like, it's not my picture to post. Right. If he wanted you to see it, he would post it, you know? So, I just, I don't know, I feel like it's wrong for me to do that. So like, Very admirable of you, Freddie. Yeah, I think yeah, so like the right thing. However, I do yeah. want you to send Please it to send me. the pic to us. We promise <laughs> we will not. Now that we're on that level, I mean, I think it's only... Now that right. we're your best friends, we need we to need see the pic. Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> I'll get right on that. So you... <laughs> So you had mentioned earlier that there were positive and negative uh, results, uh, positive and negative impact from your sudden internet fame. So tell us about both. What are what are some of the good things that have happened? What are some of the bad things that have happened? Um, I mean, some of the good things is just literally like all the support and like love from like everybody. Like from this post, me personally, I've probably gotten like two to three like negative like comments or feedbacks that I've seen and everything else has been like positive and like funny and like that was the whole point of the post it was something to be funny and somewhat something to laugh at and I'm glad that um a lot of people found it very comical because that was the whole point of it um on the other hand like some of the negatives is like it has really impacted like 
my personal life as far as it comes to like family wise yeah. because like my uh, my parents are super upset about it like they're so upset about the article and it's because like when they said on the article they, they said they quoted me and they said that I, I called myself a whore they're like they asked if my family knew I was gay and I said yes but they don't know I'm a whore is what the article said and that's not my word what I said was like yeah they know but I didn't tell them about the situation because I didn't want them to think that I'm a whore, you know? Like, I don't want them to think I'm going around, going around. And they completely, like, twisted my words and, like, said that I said I was a whore. And so, like, now my parents, like, with all these articles, like, they think it's out there that, like, I'm, like, the biggest whore. And, like, yeah, like, they're upset about it. But, I mean, I talked to my mom, like, numerous times about it already. And, like, she's coming around to it and, like, I think she'll always be upset about the article, but it's just kind of something like it's out there now and there's like nothing you can really do about it. So, I mean, it's just kind of something that you're going to have to roll with the punches with. And like, yeah. I totally understand their feelings. Um, You know, parents never want to hear about their kids' sex life regardless, whether they're gay or straight or whatever age they are. But if it's any consolation to you, Freddie, I mean, I've been a stand-up comic for 15 years, and now I have this show, and at first, my mother was really horrified by some of the shit that she used to hear come out of my mouth or or see online or on my Facebook page, and now she's just like, I don't give a fuck. You know, like, we are who we are. Um, your parents have to love you and accept the person that you are, and that includes being a sexual person. Like, yeah. people are sexual. That's just who, how we were That's built. That's what I said. Yeah, because I, my parents are not like that at all. Like, my mom, I'm pretty sure, like, my, my dad is like, probably, like, one of the only people she's, like, ever, like, been with in, like, a sexual way. So it's just kind of like, they've always been together. Like, they've known each other all throughout high school. And, like, they were friends, and, like, then they dated. Like, you know, they're, like, high school sweethearts, pretty much. And so it's kind of like, I don't have that, like, being a gay male or whatever. And so it's just kind of like, and, when, and she was upset that, like, I had, like, grinded and I was, like, meeting up with some guys, but it's just kind of like, what do you do, like, when you, you grow up in a town and you're, like, one of, like, the only gay guys and, like, you want to, like, connect with other guys, like, around you, you know? And so... And you should also let her know like, that 19-year-old straight guys are also online right. looking for pussy, you know? Well, right, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm a 19-year-old teenager i'm a boy i have hormones like i get fucking horny like i don't understand like i don't know i feel like they're making this more of a big deal than it needs to be because i think they're seeing it as a negative thing but in reality people aren't seeing this post as like negative it's more of like a funny like hee hee ha ha type of scene that went viral that honestly will probably die down within like a month you you know know what Freddie? there's so much negativity in the world and there's so much to be upset about you know just in in everything that's going on in our country when we see stories like this it makes us smile it makes us laugh and and what you did is not only funny but it's brave and i i i tip my hat to you and you know eventually they will come around and and understand and and yeah it will blow over and just you know Write it out. Have fun. I agree a hundred percent i think that uh you know like you just said freddie a month from now this will be over people won't be talking about it anymore and i'm sure that uh your mom will get over it no yeah totally but i mean i think the only thing that upsets me the most is like my sister has been getting so much backlash from this like she's had people like texting her and like messaging her saying like telling her to tell me to kill myself and like like they don't understand how like they can allow how she could allow me to be, like, the way that I am and all this stuff. And she's kind of like, you can say, like, those comments to me and, like, you can reply to me and message me and say all those, all that, and I won't care. But I don't know why you feel the need to have to, like, message my sibling about yeah, it, you know? That's and that's up. what upset me. Because, like, now the backlash, like, I'm over here, like, apologizing to my family for something that, like, I feel like I shouldn't be apologizing for. No. You know? And it, it kind of sucks, and it's just kind of like, now with the backlash, like, my family and my family's friends, like, I don't want them to be, like, embarrassed, but like you said, it's just, like, over time, it'll blow over, it just kind of like, and then right now in the moment, it just kind of sucks, like, with that aspect. And the truth is, Freddie, you know, you're having a moment of fame, and this 
people who are famous who are in this public spotlight, they deal with this 24-7. They're always haters. Right. Like it's, it's not even about sucking the dick. It's just about you've gotten some attention and there's some evil, jealous who trolls are who are envious and they're going to try to lash out and hurt you and your family in any way they can. But those people are meaningless. Yeah, they're, they're, they mean nothing. They're nobodies. Right. Yeah, and that's what like, me and my mom talked about this morning. My mom was like, are you ready for the backlash? She goes, and she's really just worried because, like, she already worries because I'm gay. And, you know, you have those people, like, you hear those stories about guys that, like, gotten beat up because they're just, because they're gay, you know? She worried about that. And now that this article's out and I'm like, you know, people know who I am now, she's worried that, like, that hate and stuff is going to magnify. And it probably will. But at the same time, you know, like, I don't know. Well, I, I, mean, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm ready. Like, I'm, I don't care what people say. You can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. And, know and it's just kind of like, whatever. You should know that you have an army of people behind you yes. who just think that you're sweet and adorable and funny. And that, like Ryan said, you just posted something that was meant to be funny and that took balls. And any, anyone who's a decent person is not going to hold that against you. And... No way. Yeah. And to be to be your age and to just not give a shit, that's like that's huge. Cuz when you're 18, 19, you care about what everyone thinks and exactly. you're like you're so consumed in other people's you know, just live your life. Do you? Right. I mean, yeah, I'm going to. It's too short. Yeah. And like I have people like they dude, I've had so many people tell me like, "Oh, I hope you're like I hope it's yeah." You don't have a hard time finding a boyfriend after this, like a decent guy. Yeah, I and saw I some like, shithead on Twitter say yeah, that earlier today. Yeah, you saw that, right? And I was just kind of like, and I, if you're going to be, if somebody's not saying like a one-time freak accident, like, I feel like the articles are kind of like painting me out to be like, oh, I'm out here like sucking dick every single day and I'm not. <laughs> like, I'm really not. I'm not like some dude who's like easy like spreading my legs open to anybody, you know? And any guy and it's that just kind of against you isn't, isn't worth dating. Well, right. Knowing That's anyone. what I'm saying. And so like, I don't know, but just the overall feedback has just been so wild, so crazy. Like five days ago, I had like 1,600 followers and today I'm almost at like 10,000. I know, I've been like, tracking your Twitter followers. They've been growing I'm exponentially. Like, so fast. It's been growing so fast. Before I and let you Instagram go, do you too. plan on doing anything with your newfound internet fame do you have any like uh, career ideas that could come from this um that is actually i'm actually going to somebody about that um i'm not have like i feel like i am i will do more like interviews i have people who still want to do more interviews and stuff um and podcasts but i kind of want to like make this aware i'm going to use this time now to like clarify like all these interviews I'm using to clarify like you know these articles are kind of painting me out to be something I'm not like there's a like, big time hole or whatever and um I just want to clarify like yeah it's all fun in games and like because people comment like oh like your slutty ways made you famous or whatever like you're such a hero and everything like that but like that's not um I don't want to be known as like the whore who ruptured his hair you know well, so I would like that's what I'm going to use my time, some of my time for. But um, yeah, I definitely am planning some things in the future. It's just not concrete yet. Good. Well, I hope that only good things come from this. And I thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. Thank I you, love Freddie. you. Yeah, you're you're. <laughs> I think you're a great kid, and I, I really do wish you all the best. And please keep in touch with us. Thank you. I will. No, yeah, I'll definitely keep in touch. Um. It's honestly this is kind of a cool experience. I would definitely be on wish again if you'd ever invite me back. Um, Please. But yeah, thank you. Thank you so much. I love you guys too. <laughs> All right. Be well, Freddie. Thank you. Bye. Bye. What a sweet kid. So sweet. I'm I'm really jealous he got famous by posting yeah. a picture of second day. Like if that was if that was a kid getting famous, I'll post a picture of me in the merch room and get my butthole sold up. Right. I mean, there's hundreds of those pictures, right? No, no. <laughs> it happened one time, and I made sure it never happened again. Like, just like this airway situation, you got to make sure things never happen. Wait, you had your butthole ruptured? Yeah, like there was a tear in my booty this hole. This is JB, by the way, for anyone who's a new listener, hey. our associate producer. Hey. 
And so there was like a tear in my sphincter that was close to the, it was really close to the hole. So it ended up healing by itself, but I had to go through see all these specialists and they also said, you might need surgery just to close it up. See, if guy, only you had posted a picture of yourself, yeah, you could have been, you could have um, been Freddie Alanis. This didn't yeah. happen to me, but a friend of mine got a cucumber stuck up his asshole. Oh my God. And had to have it surgically removed. Yikes. Like he had to go into the hospital with the cucumber still sticking out. Yep. <laughs> but he didn't talk about tossing your salad. <laughs> Thank you. I'm here all week. Yeah. But I'm so psyched that Freddie uh, spoke to us, and uh, I, I totally get why his parents are upset. Of course. But I also think that like a month from now they're going to be fine. This is all going to be over. But also, it, I mean, he's got a great head in, on his shoulders. I feel like I yeah. think he's super like he he understands what he did, and he like you know I just want him to own it, and it's not a bad thing, and and. Anyone that's trying to slut shame him, I mean, like, I know a lot of people who have done a lot worse. Oh, yeah. So in this room. <laughs> Hello. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. I was speaking about both of us. Um, I want to move on to one other topic before we talk to Michael Mayer, our first ever Tony Award winner. This is such a big day on the ass. By the way, that thumping you're hearing in the background is the construction that's happening in the studio. Um, as we say, this the is mics it. are hot. I love the mics. No, I do too. I'm, I'm loving this I am mic. Feeling it. I, I hope it sounds it. as good to the listeners as it does in my headphones. Um, but anyway, we got to talk about Trixie Mattel. Yes, because she uh, was doing one of these roasts that the queens do. There's this haters roast that tours around the country, where many of the uh, contestants from RuPaul's Drag Race um, roast each other. Right, and she told a joke. Uh, involving Latrice Royale. Mm -hmm. I'm going to play it for you, and then we're going to talk about it. Hit it, JB. You like this outfit? I can decide what to wear. It's just like a cotton. Latrice picked it. Oh, is that too far, Denver? What, did you forget to invite your black friends tonight? choices so the joke was met with great controversy both in the theater and online afterwards um one twitter user wrote making a joke about slavery is okay now another tweeted ew stop trying to defend trixie crawl out of her ass for a sec and admit that that quote joke unquote was gross racist and distasteful trixie herself responded by tweeting if you think drag queens apologize for jokes at a roast you watch too much tv which doesn't really make sense yeah well i think she's I go ahead no no, no. I, I just think she's saying like you know the 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 rupaul's drag race fandom a lot of the queens are always saying that you know these these people who obsess and write these comments and like you know tweet at them they only watch rupaul's drag race they don't go to drag shows they don't actually know what drag queens are saying right. how clubs. rough it how rough it gets right so that's i think that's what she's trying to imply there so roasts traditionally comedy roasts have always been about uh being as politically incorrect as possible being as offensive as possible even in the old days like in the 60s when the rat pack when like you had frank sinatra and um uh what was his partner um tony uh, not tony bennett uh, Nat King Cole? The fuck no, is wrong with me? Um, Sammy Davis? Well, sa well, I was going to say Sammy Davis Jr. was always the one black guy, right? And like every Dean Martin? joke... Dean Martin, thank yeah. you. Dean Martin and, and Frank Sinatra and Jerry Lewis, they, 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 they would make fat jokes, they would make uh, Jewish jokes, and they would always make black jokes about Sammy Davis Jr. because he was usually the only person of color in the room. Right. And it was all like, ha, 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 we can make these jokes because we're friends with each other. The question is, is that joke, does that joke, which is about a reference to slaves picking mm -hmm. cotton, is that outside of that realm? Does that cross another line? And also, are any of those jokes acceptable in 2018? So rather than giving my thoughts, I'd like to ask the one person of color in this room, JB, yes. to give me your thoughts about it. Okay, so my thing is, I've watched a lot of black comedians who make slavery jokes, and that's to me that's funny. But when I hear someone of not color say it, just it, it's like nails on a chalkboard. Because mm -hmm. to me, it's like, do you know this person well enough to make these jokes? Like, are you guys really that close to be doing that, or are you just saying whatever pops into your mind? Because there's one thing about being 
being politi- politically incorrect as another thing about being blatantly racist. To me, that joke just was blatantly racist because it wasn't it wasn't direct it wasn't specific towards uh, Latrice. Right. It wasn't specific towards it. It was just your basic average black people joke. Right. I don't I don't find that funny, in in, in a sense because I. So I think I'm a hypocrite at this point while I'm talking it out because if a black person would make that joke, I would just laugh it off and call it. But a it's day. not the same. Yeah, it, right. It, it's it's not the same when a when a black person uses the N word. It's not the same as when a white person does. Exactly. Yeah, kind of like the same. It's kind of like the same double standards. How I feel, I I, I feel slavery jokes are off the table unless you've been through it. Per, that's that's my that's my opinion per se. There was a, a, a black guy who posted an essay on queerty in reaction to this. I wish I had his name in front of me. And he's, he was a very good writer. And he said, listen, you want to make jokes about watermelon and fried chicken at a roast? I'm okay with that. Yeah. He said, You're not, you can't make jokes about slavery because slavery was the most traumatic thing that, that's ever happened in this country yeah. to an so entire race happening. of people and still happening. Yeah. So he's like, I have a right to tell you that that's not okay. Right. I, I, I totally get it. At the same time, I feel like when it comes to drag queens and particularly when it comes to roasts, like, think about Bianca Del Rio. Like, Bianca Del Rio says tons of racist, racist shit at her shows, including about Latinos, and she is Latino. But that's just the thing. She is Latino. But she does black jokes. She does lesbian jokes. She does jokes about women. She does, you know, jokes that if we heard another type of comedian do them or just like an average asshole do them, we'd be like, you're a fucking racist piece of shit. You know, you should lose your job. Why do we give Bianca permission to do that kind of humor? Is it because she's Bianca and she does it so well? Like, where do we... I guess I'm asking, where do yeah. we draw this line? Where's I, the line? I, okay, so I feel a part of it is more like if you're a minority, you have the right to say certain things, I feel. that because. <clears throat> Again, this is sounding really wrong, but <laughs> no. Tell tell me your feelings. Like, because when when you've been through a struggle, like again, the the watermelon and the fried chicken thing, it's you've seen that happen. So it's like you're used to used to people around you seeing it. So with Bianca's case, it's more she is Spanish, so and so she gets the lingo, she understands what's happening. So I'm very conflicted with. I don't know how to put it into words. Here's what I just want to add. As a white person, and I feel like white people in general, we just have to do better and we have to listen. When the, I, I kind of feel like her response to all of this, like I understand where she's coming from, but it's like if people are upset and offended and these are your fans, these are the people that made you famous, like listen to them and apologize. Like you don't have to be so defensive about it. Right. Like, I understand that like part of being a comedian is you know not having to apologize for what you say. And I know you have a lot of feelings about that. But, like, I just feel like when it comes to race in 2018, we have to just be a little bit more sensitive. I mean, A lot more sensitive. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, and, and we have to just listen. When people of color are upset and, like, feel a certain kind of way, we just have to listen and respect them and, you know, like... Believe them. Believe them that right. there's a reason that they're upset. So I think that is the final word on this, Ryan. Also, the final word, Shangela was robbed. Thank you. Time to move on to our second and final guest today. And I am so excited, Ryan, because our guest today is the first ever Tony Award winner to grace the Adam Sank Show. We've had two Tony nominees, but never before a winner. And we're thrilled to have him. He is a theater director, film director, television director, and playwright who has directed some of my favorite Broadway musicals. His latest is called Head Over Heels, which is set to the music of the Go-Go's and opens on Broadway July 26th. Here is a taste of Head Over Heels. <laughs> we missed the chorus, but joining us here in the studio, please give a warm-ass welcome to Tony Award-winning director Michael Mayer. Come on. Hello. Hello, Michael. Hi, Michael. How are you, sir? It's great to be here. It's such an honor to have you. It is an honor. Michael, I saw the show in previews about 10 days ago, and I loved it. 
it is hard to explain the concept to people who haven't seen it, so I'm going to ask you to do it. <laughs> it is really hard. Um, I, I guess you have to imagine that it's kind of like a mashup of a 16th century Elizabethan romance uh, with a musical score by the Go-Go's featuring um, gender confusion and awareness and uh, a variety of loves and um, good government and, uh, and um, what happens if you don't um, move ahead with the times and the dangers of that. Right, which is sort of a timely message for where we are now. Yeah, it's also, you know, hilariously funny. It's really funny. I know the show has evolved quite a bit over time, and yeah, have you been with the production from the very beginning? Um, no, I started working on it two summers ago, almost exactly to the day um, up at uh, New York Stage and Film in Poughkeepsie. Mm -hmm. But from they had uh, there was a production of it prior, uh, I think, uh, a year or so before that um, at Oregon Shakespeare Festival. And so you've seen this, this project evolve, but from the beginning it was always Go-Go's music, right? Yeah, that was Jeff Whitty's um, great concept, was to take these songs and inject them into this classic text by Sir Philip Sidney that he rewrote as a, as a play. And the original was called The Arcadia, correct? Yes. I was one of the, it, there were a few different titles for it, but people generally call it the Arcadia, yeah. I was not familiar with the source material before I saw the show. W was the Arcadia always a comedy? Was it, was it always sort of a farce? It wasn't a farce. It was a romance. And it was written before the novel actually existed as a form. So it was, so it was called a romance, which means it was a prose work that took the form of what we might call today kind of um, a picaresque novel. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it basically is the story of the king of Arcadia who is warned by the oracle to, um, to change his ways or uh, bad, bad shit would happen. And so there were four prophecies that the oracle predicts. And in order to avoid these prophecies coming true, the king has this idea to take the entire kingdom on the road to escape the, um, these prophecies. But as one of the characters says, you know, uh, the, a man often takes, you know, finds the thing that he's trying to avoid on the very road he takes to avoid it. Um, and that's basically the same story. We've just, it, Jeff Whitty, um, brought a completely new sensibility and altered the story quite a bit. And then James Magruder has adapted that into the musical that exists right now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's so crazy and it shouldn't work, but it totally does. It's this, you know, <laughs> old meets new with, um, you know, the characters speaking often in verse um, yeah. and, and in this very uh, Elizabethan English, and then suddenly you're listening to a go-go song, and they're all singing their hearts out. It's it's just so cool. This is um, I'm really glad you liked it. And audiences, I have to say, uh, have been remarkably enthusiastic, which is a huge relief because when you're doing work that is so difficult to explain ahead of time or to define in the simple terms that we're used to defining work these days. You know, everyone wants to just put something in one little box. Uh, this kind of defies that reductionism. And so to see audiences of all ages, all genders, all sexual orientations having um, such a blast together, is, it's very gratifying. Yeah, well, it's not only out of the box. It's very out of the closet. This is one of the coolest, yes, coolest sure. shows that I've ever seen. Um, it's the queerest, I have to say, it is the queerest show I've ever done, and I just, you know, we just finished our national tour of Hedvig not long ago, okay. so that's saying something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Peppermint is one of your stars. She's uh, the first openly trans actress on Broadway, as far as mm -hmm. I know, and she's playing the first non-binary character, correct? That's correct. 
in a, in a, certainly in a Broadway musical. And you've got other queer characters as well. What does it mean to you as an openly gay director to bring this queerness to the Broadway stage? Well, it's, it's really a dream come true because what you want to do as an artist is share your life and your sensibility with as wide an audience as possible. And the time seems right. It's, it's decades too late, uh, you know, in many ways, but here we are, and we're not going away, and we are proud as hell to be able to let everyone see themselves in these characters, and Peppermint in particular is um, I don't know, just crazy about her. She's one of the best people I've ever met. Uh, she's got a profound understanding of how to articulate the ways in which representation are significant and how you can be wildly entertaining and at the same time be on point politically and socially. And so it's, it's, a, it's a great honor to be able to present her in this role and also to, you know, it's really, I think, I mean, Fun Home is one of the great Broadway musicals of our time, and it obviously features a lesbian at the center of it, but I don't know that there's ever been a musical where a lesbian love story is, you know, is the center um, of the actual musical, that it's the love between these two, two women. So that's very cool, too, to be able to, um, to do. And a lot of my, um, my gay women friends are very psyched to see that. And um, so that's, it's a lot of firsts. Yeah, it's definitely groundbreaking. Michael, you um, won the Tony Award for directing Spring Awakening in 2006, which was a yeah. revolutionary musical and um, had an impact on my life and so many lives. I was 13 or 14 when the show came out, and it was truly, truly life-changing. Um, where do you keep your Tony statue? My statuette. <laughs> you know, usually um, it's in my office, just you know, on a bookshelf. Um, but at the moment, it's in a box in storage because I'm uh, in the process of getting ready to move apartments. So uh, I haven't figured out where it's going to go. God, I'd be apartment. so afraid yeah. of losing it. Yeah, like I would just sleep with it. I would use it. You know, it's, it's <laughs> really great to have it, but at the same time, once you once you win a, an award like that, whether it's a Tony or an Oscar or whatever, I think um, you also realize that it's the work that's important and not the awards. And um, I would hate to lose it because I really like having it, but um, I, there are more important things to me than, than that piece of hardware, sure. I would say. You also, Michael, directed the pilot of the TV show Smash. I did. Which was so phenomenal. And it was a show that I think we were all rooting for so hard. Yeah. And it just kind of fell apart after a while. Wh where do you think Smash went wrong? Gosh, you know, I, I, when you're inside something, it's, it's hard to know how to characterize what went wrong with it. I think that it was extremely ambitious. And um, even though we had phenomenal support from NBC and from Bob Greenblatt in particular, I think that the, um, the demand to create uh, a new episode every week that had major musical numbers in it and trying to figure out how to honor the story of these characters, the creation of the Marilyn Monroe musical inside the story, Bombshell, and to also service the notion of delivering a lot of like contemporary hits inside the the, the narrative, I think that I think that it, there were probably too many assignments that needed to be met for each episode. That would be my take on it. I, I think I just we, one of those we might have been able to release ourselves from one of those obligations. I keep praying it will somehow magically come back. Uh, Michael, in the time remaining, we're going to play everybody's favorite game. It's called Ask Me No Questions. 
Here we go. What's a musical most people hate that you love? The musical most people hate that I love. Gosh. Um, God, that's such a good question. Um, Thank you. Hmm. Well, God, I really don't even know how to begin to answer that. All right, we can come honestly. back to that one. Sorry, if you, that's okay. everything that I love, I know that there are other people who love it. Right, that's true. If you could be a character in any of the shows you've directed, which character would you be? Hmm. Well, I kind of, I think it would be awesome to be the Oracle of Delphi in Head Over Heels, to have that kind of wisdom and majesty and fierceness peppermint and to be able to pull off those peppermints roll, yeah, and just to get those eyelashes on just once. Yes, queen. <laughs> yeah, those are great eyelashes. Michael, what's a talent you have that nobody knows about? I'm a really good whistler. Oh, we were just talking about this today. Ryan can't whistle. I can't whistle. Give us a little whistle. Um. Wow. Yes, you even have a little vibrato on that whistle. I, I usually do better because I'm on this interview. My lips are a little dry. That's well, okay. That was very impressive. Okay, Michael. It was okay. Settle this once better. and for all. Who is yeah. a better Marilyn Monroe, Megan Hilty or Catherine McPhee? Oh my God, that is not fair! <laughs> Come on, you only you can put me on that. You can't make me do that. I love them both, <laughs> and they're they're both very they're both excellent Marilyns in their own ways. Fair enough. Uh, let's see. What is, okay, answer this one. What is the greatest musical of all time, in your opinion? Mm, I would have to say West Side Story. Oh, I agree. Absolutely. Yes. A lot of people say Gypsy, but I think West Side no. Story. No, 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 no. West Side Story. It's, it's a masterpiece. How can you not love it? Yeah. About I also it. love Sweeney Todd and Carousel, and I also really love A Chorus Line. Did you see the revival of um, Carousel? I haven't yet, which is really bad because there's a lot of friends in it. It's very beautiful. Yeah, we loved it. The yeah, I have to get there. The dance I've, been, I've been a little busy, as you know. Yes. Just a little, Just a little, little caught bit. up in something else. Uh, Michael, how did you and your husband meet? We met on a blind date set um, up by a mutual friend who's an actress named Maren Hinkle, who plays um, uh, on the uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, yeah. She's the mom. Fabulous. She's, she's Rachel Brosnahan's mom on that show. Anyway, so Roger, my husband Roger and Maren went to college together, and I directed Maren when she was at um, NYU grad acting. And she set us up 21 years ago. Well, if anyone's out there listening and has a great guy to set me up with, I, I would like to meet my husband. Really? What are you looking for? Oh, my God. We don't have enough time. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly someone who can you put up with me. Breathing, that's always a good answer. At this point, breathing. Um, and yeah. finally, Michael, will you cast me in your next Broadway show? Um, well, you know, you'd have to audition, and you'd have to demonstrate some very um, particular talent. Well, I can't dance at all, uh, but, okay. I, but I can sing a little bit. and I have a, Okay, singing a little is good. Can you act? A little bit. I mean, I'm a stand-up comic, so I, I, you know, I, I act like a comedian acts. I basically can play myself. I got it. Okay, so the next time I'm doing a show that has a role that is just like you, <laughs> then you're probably the perfect casting for it. Have my people call your people. Yes, exactly. Uh, Michael, Head Over Heels opens July 26th at the Hudson Theater. For tickets and info, go to headoverheelsthemusical.com. How do we follow you on social media? I'm at Michael Mayer, D-I-R. As direct, a director. Like director. Yeah. Yes, so that's on Twitter and Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. I wish you best of luck on a, a successful opening and a, and a long, successful run. Thanks so much. I'm really glad that, um, that you had me on and that you came to the show. And I hope you have a great day. My pleasure. Thank you, Michael. You too. I want to thank Michael Mayer. I want to thank Freddie Alanis. Ryan Frostig, who will be back next week. Remind yes. the people how to follow you on you uh, social can media. can follow me at Ryan Frosting. Like cake frosting. Like cake. 
listen, this is very important, everyone. Tune in next Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern. That will be our new time going forward. I know today was at noon Eastern, but it will be at 11 a.m. And our guest next week will be everyone's favorite Jewish drag queen, Lady Synagoga. 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 Subscribe to Derek and Romaine at DerekandRomaine.com. Don't forget to follow me, me, on Twitter and Instagram at Adam Sank. Email me at Adam at AdamSank.com. Send me those dick pics. Set me up with my future husband. Have a great week, bitches. Bye. Bye.